Hi, welcome to episode three of Do You Really Want to Know? Mental Health Conversations. In the second episode, I talked about my SANE Australia Hocking Grant research into carer stress, fatigue and burnout and shared the lived experiences of what it is like to be a mental health carer. So from the survey information collected, what services and support would mental health carers like to see established to help them continue in their caring role? What might stop them getting to the stage of total fatigue and burnout? Constant stress, fatigue and burnout leads to dire personal health consequences, as well as very limited ability to continue to advocate effectively for our loved ones. Many are very clear about the types of support they would like. Carer consultants within the community mental health setting. Carer consultants within emergency departments. I'd like to see care family consultants within the workforce, being able to counsel and educate staff on mental illness and the caring role to destigmatise mental illness and caring. I'd like to see advocacy available for carers and consumers of mental illness, as currently there's nothing. It's so hard being a carer and having to speak up for your daughter. I'd like more education given to staff within the hospital and community mental health centres on lived experience, peer work, caring role. I was told by a very senior manager within a non-government organisation that they didn't have funding for carers. I thought their role was to offer holistic care to consumers, which then involves the family and carers. No one seems to know the Carers Recognition Act and the Carers Charter. Education is required. Education of the NDIS. Advocacy to be offered to consumers and carers. Education of carers. Most carers have no idea of their rights, let alone their children. Carers need help returning to the community, breaking out of their isolation. Carers would like access to carer peer workers or more carer peer workers and consumer peer workers. Here are some comments. 24-7 emotional and practical or crisis support. A counselling service to help with debrief. Access to someone to chat to, 24 hours a day. I'm hoping my husband will get someone who will take him out to the library for a coffee, etc. For my son, I would like him to have a mentor who he can ring when he needs someone to listen to his worries and talk him around to see a rational outcome. There are other financial and equal opportunity barriers within the caring role. Those carers who are receiving carer payments are adversely affected by the 25-hour rule. They are unable to undertake training, education, unpaid voluntary work or paid employment that exceeds 25 hours a week, including travelling time. This is a significant barrier to future life choices, especially for young carers. It disempowers all carers who are trying to empower their lives through work, study and volunteering, as well as caring. Here are some comments. 
housing support bespoke to carers that makes it more affordable and stable to be in a rental property that suits their needs. Better career development while still being a carer. Better income support rates. No 25-hour rule. Some financial support to help with travel costs would help. The extra costs are insidious. Money management has always been an issue. There have been many times when I have had to buy food, bedding, clothing, etc. in order for my loved one to survive. Caring is exhausting. Carers would like. Assistance around the house, cleaning and gardening. Like my aged care or similar. Need help around the house. It's physically exhausting and time consuming when it all falls to one person. Relaxation activities, stress relieving activities, more focus on well-being. Practical in-home supports, gardening, cleaning, cooking, free counselling, a wellness retreat, family peer worker groups for social interactions out of work hours, one-to-one family caseworker, a self-help hamper to remind me I am valued. I am seen. Caring is isolating and stigmatised. Carers would like. Connection to others in a similar situation would be invaluable. Access to support groups as the only one available didn't operate on the weekend and I work full time. Adequate funding for support groups and services. Increased support from other carers and respite. Carers want and need to be at the front and centre of all care planning and not excluded from it. Here are some comments. I'd like to see the system have a first reaction of believing the client's carer's truth. A brick wall of, no, that's not happening to or for you, is what leads to a lot of stress all round. I would like to be informed if my son stops his medical treatment, though I appreciate his legal and human rights issues. But given that I can be in danger when he is psychotic, I would like to have some rights too. The acceptance of carers in the treatment of those that are unwell by the majority of treating clinicians needs to be achieved sooner rather than later. A review of the Privacy Act and capacity for people with a mental illness needs careful consideration as it's a major roadblock to providing the best care. Here are some other comments from carers. I'd like recognition that in most cases I have no need for assistance so that when a crisis hits, the need is urgent, temporary and essential for a quick recovery. Like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy states, everything happens outside office hours. Therefore, 24-7 access to community services rather than straight to the emergency room at 3am would be a start. Support depends on where you live in terms of access. In regional areas, I've found less access and more travel to the services required, which is a major barrier to getting support. 
The time allocated to assist should be flexible when the care is needed. For example, if the consumer doesn't want to go out for a day outing, those hours should be banked, not just given up if the support worker only stayed for five minutes and then left. Finally, to sum up what do carers most want? Time out, respite, regular counselling and social contact. Being able to work and not live in poverty. Affordable, secure housing and an increase in the carer's pension. Stable and affordable accommodation and financial security. A solid and committed team around my son focused on improving his well-being, independence and life skills. Case planning around this issue and transparency and openness around the concerns sooner rather than later. Listen to the carer when they reach out for help. Make access to health services just as available as for physical health. Have a holistic approach when treating the person with a mental illness. Treat all symptoms rather than a band-aid approach. After capturing the lived experiences of Australian mental health carers, my plan has been to travel and listen and record the lived experience of those in the United Kingdom and Trieste, Italy. Unfortunately, COVID-19 has derailed my travel plans to meet with carers and those that provide the services and support models for the time being. Trieste in Italy has made community-based mental health care the centre of their mental health model for a number of decades. And this has also been directly linked to affordable housing and employment opportunities for those affected by mental illness. A whole system recovery-orientated approach underpins their services. The five cornerstones of the Trieste approach are 1. Individualised care plans through active negotiation. 2. Ensuring comprehensive responsibility of all providers in all phases of treatment. 3. Working on the community environment and social fabric. 4. Supporting individual strengths. 5. Fostering service accountability toward the community. The person, not their illness, is at the centre of the process. Since the 1970s, Trieste has played an international benchmark role in community mental health practices. I look forward to visiting Trieste services and meeting carers to find out about their lived experiences. One of the contacts I have made in the United Kingdom is the Mental Health Development Coordinator in Scotland who is employed by the Mental Health Commission. Her name is Karen Martin. Here is what she says. Here in Scotland, we work hard to implement a tool called the Triangle of Care. This is an alliance between service user, carer 
and mental health professional. It is intended for mental health services to use triangle of care to assess how effective they are in carer engagement and support and it provides an opportunity for mental health services to work in partnership with local carer supports and carers themselves. We also have a Carers Act in Scotland which describes our duties on health boards and the triangle of care is a tool that can assist with compliance of healthcare organisations through the triangle of care. So what is the triangle of care? It is a working collaboration or therapeutic alliance between the service user, professional and carer that promotes safety, supports recovery and sustains wellbeing. The Triangle of Care was initially developed to improve mental health acute services by adopting six principles. Those six principles are, firstly, carers and the essential role they play are identified at first contact or as soon as possible thereafter. This means that carers' views and knowledge are sought, shared, used and regularly updated as overall care plans and strategies to support treatment and recovery take shape. Secondly, staff are carer aware and trained in carer engagement strategies. This means that staff need to be aware of and welcome the valuable contributions carers can make and be mindful of carers' own needs. Staff need knowledge, training and support to become carer aware. Three, policy and practice protocols regarding confidentiality and sharing information are in place. This means to ensure proactive engagement Carers need to be part of the care planning and treatment process across the pathway. This includes guidelines on confidentiality and information sharing as a three-way process between the service user or consumer, carers and professionals. Four, defined posts are responsible for carers are in place. This means that there are carer leads or champions and linked with carers delegated at all times in all types of services and teams. Five, a carer introduction to the service and the staff is available with a relevant range of information across the care pathway. This means that carers receive an introductory letter including the nature of the service primary contacts and who to contact out of hours. Orientation induction to the service, carer information packs, discharge planning and aftercare support. Six, a range of carer support services is available. This must include carer support, discussion of carer needs and family intervention. The Triangle of Care model is implemented via the Carers Trust Network 
which has network partners throughout the United Kingdom, Ireland and Scotland. The Carers Trust is the peak body for unpaid carers. They provide a strong united voice and campaign and work with politicians and policyholders to create real change for unpaid care, paid carers. The introduction of the Carers Scotland Act in April 2018 establishes new rights for all carers to support information and advice and to be listened to in the decisions about the care and support of the person they are caring for. In particular, the Act places new responsibilities on health boards in relation to care involvement in discharge planning. The Triangle of Care helps mental health services support carers in exercising their rights by providing information, advice and support that carers require to continue in their roles as expert partners in care. The Carers Scotland Act gives carers of all ages the right to a personalised plan to set out their own personal outcomes which will help them cope with their caring role and have a life alongside caring. Organisations within the National Health Service Trust are provided with one to three star ratings by the Carers Trust based on completing stages one to three. The first star is for completing stage one, self-assessing all inpatient and crisis teams and then committing to improve. The second star is for completing self-assessments for all their community services, including mental health. The third star reflects how well the trust organisation works with carers in an integrated care environment. The Greater Manchester Mental Health NHS Trust has received its second gold star for their commitment of triangular care of care model in their services. Here are the words of the carer lead at the Great Man Greater Manchester Mental Health NHS Trust, Neil Grace. My work changes often and my focus tends to be a direct result of what carers or families are telling us we're doing well and where we can improve. Having a dedicated carer lead, as well as local carer leads and care champions, helps ensure that our carers, family and friends strategy, based on the priorities of our carers, is being embedded and that that service have both the skills, the passion and the resources to really commit to this. All staff are well aware of the importance of identifying, supporting and involving carers from the start of their employment with the trust. So all staff will be able to help and direct you to our, to our own carer resources as well as local carer support services. After a comprehensive assessment of mental health carer needs, here is an example of what a carer support plan would look like. It would have three columns. The first one would be the carer's needs, and these would be listed below. The second one is the carer outcomes, 
and they would be listed, the desired outcomes. The third one is actions to meet their identified needs and achieve the desired outcomes. Of the course, the comprehensive services must be available to achieve the outcomes of carer care planning. My research will seek to find out whether the carer's lived experiences match the six standards outlined in the triangle of care. We are at the end of this pilot series for this podcast, Do You Really Want to Know? Mental Health Conversations. From here, I would like it to be a platform for mental health carers, family and friends and consumers to educate others, debunk myths, empower themselves and reduce stigma in our society. So if you are interested in sharing your story as someone who has experience of mental illness, as a carer or a consumer, or have questions you would like answered or any other suggestions, please email me. My name is Alison Salisbury and my email address is all lowercase do you really want to know podcast at gmail.com.